Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just so glad you've joined us. I think we are. Yes, we are. Let we me check. Are. Let me check my gladness. Yes, my gladness meter is pinking, <laughs> pink, pinking, 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 pinking. <laughs> Maybe I can't talk today, but that's the, <laughs> we're it's try. pinging. It's, that's what it's ah, doing. It's pinging. It's pinging. Oh, okay. Um, yes, we are. You know, we all have goals. We all have plans, things we want to accomplish in life. Sometimes we don't make it. We fall a little bit short. Well, when that happens, it's often called a setback. These setbacks can be minor hiccups that don't pose big problems or speed bumps along the way that slow us down or sometimes even problems that make progress harder and success unlikely. But setbacks are common and discouraging. Yeah, and they happen, Norm, in life. I mean, it's just part of living, right? right. You might experience a traumatic illness or maybe a mental health issue like anxiety or depression or relationship challenge, maybe a breakup, Hmm. a divorce. Uh, Maybe you're having fights with those you love or you're struggling with an addiction. Mm -hmm. All kinds of losses can put you into a setback. You can lose right. your job. You right. can lose your home. You can even lose hope for a dream. So setbacks are just part of our daily life. Goodness, you listed so many different possibilities. They are things, setbacks, things get in our way of accomplishing a goal. And sometimes they can just hit you like a brick and knock you down. Or sometimes they feel more like tar paper than speed bumps and they can get you stuck and unmotivated. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm picturing that like being stuck, <laughs> stuck. in tar and yeah. trying to like a get your, yeah, trying to get yourself moving forward. Well, we want to avoid getting stuck, right? In fact, that was the title of one of my yes, it first was. books that I wrote, right. Getting Unstuck. But it's okay to feel disappointed or upset whenever you do experience a setback. So we're not telling you that there are no emotions around this because there are many many emotions that often come and a lot of times when you're you're you're, you know you've spent a lot of time you spent a lot of energy when you're trying to reach some kind of goal or make something happen and then when you do hit that sort of bump or whatever it is that stops you, it can be very upsetting. Especially when the consequences of the setback seem so devastating, like perhaps relapsing into addiction Mm. or losing high big quantities of money or sometimes just losing hope, like you said. that These are big consequences. Yeah, and I, I work a lot with people with addiction. And when they relapse, I always say to them, it's pretty common. So you kind of almost have to expect it, Hmm. right? So the point is to not allow these setbacks to deter you from reaching the goal. In other words, you don't want to get lost in all the negativity, the very difficult emotions, and then lose your confidence. You want to learn from a setback make adjustments, and then get back in the saddle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What are some typical causes for setbacks that you've seen? 
you know, sometimes they come because of just a lack of experience or knowledge. You you really didn't understand what was involved hmm. in what you were trying to do. And sometimes that is just naivete right. in terms right. of a goal. Sometimes we get blindsided by something we just didn't see coming. So we think we anticipated hmm. all the things that might happen, and then we didn't. Right. And that can hit us too. Or sometimes, you know, setbacks can come from just a, a lack of planning. Again, that's kind of anticipating the fallout of making a change or a lack of support. Like if you're trying to quit using a drug, it's so difficult, Norm, to do that by yourself. You really do need a lot of support when you're making a significant change like sure. that. Sure. Well, let's talk about motivation for these things, because that seems to me like a big reason for dealing with setbacks negatively. How often do we set a goal but aren't really that motivated because it's not that important? Or this happens sometimes, we lack the confidence to get it done, that that motivation part. Yeah, it's probably a lot. It, that importance and that confidence are two big things in terms of motivating people to change. So when you are going to start a goal, you, you decide on something, the most important thing, I think, is really trying to say, is this purposeful in my life? Hmm. Is this goal going to mean something? Because when the brain registers that your goal is important, you will stay motivated and you'll want to push through when a setback occurs. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's easier to recover from a setback is what you're saying, I think, if the goal is meaningful and purposeful to you personally. Yes. This makes sense as someone who grew up in a missionary family like I did. We had to deal with setbacks all the time on the mission field, but we knew that the goals of ministry were very important and part of the calling for our family. This motivated my dad and mom not to give up. Yeah, they had purpose right. in what they were doing. And that's what keeps you going mm -hmm. through that difficult time. You know, most and most things that are worth doing are going to, you're going to encounter something like this. Sure. You're sure. going to have a setback. So we should really expect them. And that expectation then will sort of soften the blow a little bit when they happen. But you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get into this whole thing of, you know, was I called to do this? Why am I doing this? You want to have that assurance when you set a goal that this is something important So to they're you. ruminating and recriminating yeah. and... yeah. Right. You know, so ask yourself when you're setting a goal, is it, does it fit my mission or vision for my life? Is this a passion? Is it a strong desire that I have? Is it something I need to do like to get healthy or to stay that way? If that's an important goal for you, then ask yourself, what is it about that goal that drives your behavior? And once you decide that the goal is important, it seems, you can then begin to refocus your efforts to overcome the setbacks so that you can begin the rebound. Yeah, here's an interesting thing that the brain does, Norm. When you have a daily thought about what the steps are to reach a goal, you become mission-focused. Mm. And when you do that, your brain registers the goal differently. The brain actually activates neurons in the brain to perceive the goal. So, for example, if you say, I'm on a weight loss journey, or I am sober, or I am working a job I love – the brain starts to activate towards that goal as if it's happening now versus in the future. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That's the power of goal-directed thinking, or we would say in biblical terms, of faith. Mm. And you move toward a goal in faith, knowing that God has ordered your steps and will help you achieve it. 
And if you want to motivate yourself even further, just write three specific reasons why this is important to you, why you want to accomplish it. But stay in the present tense because of what the brain does. So if you're telling the brain right now you are in that goal, you're working that goal, the brain is going to make that very important. That makes sense. For example, you could write, as someone who feels called to work with children in a ministry, well, number one, it's part of my personality that is fueled by serving others. That's being met right now. Mm -hmm. My satisfaction level is consistent because I feel purpose in my life. And then maybe the third thing you could write is, I'm able to use my years of training to serve others. And then you keep coming back to the goal, and each week you can write three more new statements. Hmm. So let's say your goal is sobriety. Okay. So you could start off with, I've been sober for one week, which means, number two, I can continue to work my program and stay sober. And then number three, my relationship with my family and friends are so much better now that I am sober. Right now, I feel so much better. Do you see how I'm staying somewhat present tense with all of that? I get it. The idea is to activate your brain, get it thinking with you toward the goal. Yes, because goal setting actually enhances the brain's neuroplasticity. And all that big word means is that your brain has the ability to change and adapt due to experience. And that's a good thing. Thank you, Lord, for making us that way. That's right. And by the way, God did design our brain to work. He knows how it works, and we can always grow. And that's consistent with the Holy Spirit working in us as a divine change agent. Well, that's true. Um, And goals promote what we call a growth mindset. Now, do you remember we did a show on Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, we develop in, in terms of developing a growth mindset, you're basically using a setback to learn from. Hmm. So you look at it, you say, okay, what happened? What can I learn? What can I do differently? Versus looking at it and being devastated by it or feeling like a failure. It's seeing it as a learning opportunity. So what's going on in your brain when you uh, allow setbacks to actually become positive and grow you? Well, what happens is the prefrontal cortex, which is that thinking part of your brain, helps you focus on your priorities, and it recognizes the benefits of change. So when you have a goal, the fear centers of your brain actually get deactivated. Hmm. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? So overall, goal setting actually helps you improve your brain. So think about the apostles. They had a goal to win people to Christ. That goal kept them motivated through pain and persecution and even death. And Jesus showed them how he overcame the world so that they could too, by not losing sight of the power that he gave them for their work. Their faith was not in themselves, but in Christ Jesus. And he can be trusted to accomplish his good work in us. When you have the King of Kings reminding you to be bold and accomplish the mission, I'd say that's pretty motivating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But even when they, the apostles, struggled with doubt at times, you know how important it was for them to constantly renew their mind and revisit their faith and their goals. And if you take time every day to simply renew your goals, it will become a habit to keep your eye on the prize. And so for many of us, this happens every day in our prayer time. We commit our day to the Lord to accomplish His purpose for our life. It seems to me that fear of failure often gets in our way, that fear can stop us and keeps us from moving forward. How do we deal with it? So fear is probably the biggest enemy that stops you from accomplishing all you can. I mean, people who did great things 
failed often. And they often were people who were the least likely. I'm reminded of a sermon our pastor preached a few weeks ago about how God chooses ordinary people to do very incredible things. Like, for example, Deborah in the Old Testament. She was this unknown female prophet who God chose to be a judge. And by the way, the only woman judge ever mentioned in the Bible, hers was an incredible leadership position. Yeah, and you know, judges led the governance and military right. during the, their reigns. And they were certainly, like you said, no women in those positions. No. But she stepped up and she did it. She had wisdom and courage to do what God told her to do. I mean, she could have listed a hundred reasons why she should not lead, but she didn't. Her story then, Norm, should encourage us to be obedient, to stand true, and be courageous with what God is directing us to do. I love that she was obedient. She didn't get sidetracked by all the possible setbacks and the real setbacks because she was on a mission to reach a goal. Which means neutralize those negative thoughts when they come up. God can direct you to do anything He chooses. Just be open and obedient to His leading. Right. You always remind us that our thoughts and our feelings are just those. They're mental activities. They're not who we are. They're not our identity. We are to let our thoughts and feelings come and go, but then stand on God's truth of who we are. He is for us, and he will help us move any mountain in our way. And on that note, I'm going to have us take a break, and we'll have more on overcoming setbacks when we return to the Dr. Linda Mental Show right after this. Is every spare minute of your life filled with some activity, event, or demand? If so, you could be suffering from a very common American disease. It's called overcommitment, and it has seeped into every area of our lives. I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and yes, I'll admit it, I've fallen prey to overcommitment in my life just like I imagine you have. Saying no occasionally is the best offense against overcommitment. But if it's too late and you're already overcommitted, here's a little tip to help you make it through. In the busiest days, you can still stop and take five just for yourself. When your heart is racing and your thoughts are whirling inside your head, your effectiveness just plummets. But if you'll pause right in the middle of all the hubbub, maybe close your eyes, breathe deeply, and remind yourself that the current task will be completed, you'll feel an immediate sense of relief. Then you can head back into the job at hand with renewed focus and energy. And when the next chance comes to overcommit, it comes your way. You can work on your priorities by just saying, hey, no. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Today, our topic is one that we've all dealt with unforeseen setbacks. But before we get back to that conversation, I'd like to remind you, you can check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, her books, and you can connect with her on social media. An easy way to know what she's writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Instagram at drlindamental, Dr. Linda Mental, or Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. Well, Linda, today we're talking about setbacks, knowing that they're going to come in life, but learning how to overcome them. Let's talk about the discomfort involved in overcoming a setback. Yeah, that's that's not a fun thing to experience, as we said. And there is a lot of discomfort when you're in the middle of something where you feel like, you know, maybe you failed or mm -hmm. you didn't make the goal. 
and comfort um, and apathy may, you know, comfort, being too comfortable in your life and not really pushing yourself may be one of the causes of that or just being too apathetic. Maybe that led to the, the, the setback in the first place. So when you encounter a setback, it may be the first time you've had to really push through something uncomfortable or face a difficult situation. You know, Norm, We've heard so many young people talk about that, Mm -hmm. that it was, I mean, the pandemic was a huge setback for so many people. And the discomfort it caused for so many of us was really hard to push through on a daily basis. But that's exactly what we have to do. So let me give you another example of that. If you have medicated your feelings with food, which a lot of people do, you know, we kind of eat as a way of kind of coping with a lot of things. But then you decide, okay, I'm going to change that. The first time that you have stress, you're going to want to eat. But it is exactly what you need to do, not eat, to push through that really uncomfortable feeling. It'll feel very stressful because you're so used to going to the food to make yourself feel better. But once you get through it, you'll realize that you did it. You faced the discomfort and you didn't give in, and that'll make it easier the next time. You and I have talked about our desire to learn and play pickleball. I guess we should expect some discomfort and frustration <laughs> along the way, right? <laughs> yeah. That's going to require practice and a little pain, physical pain probably even, to learn to do something brand new and then do it well. I know, because if you think about it, setbacks and comebacks, which is what we're kind of calling this, success and failure, it's on the same path. Hmm. I mean, you have to fail a little bit along the way to learn to do to something. Succeed. Right. We just right. watched one of the major tennis tournaments and right. you could see they were down. The person was down, you know, in the in the scoring and you thought there's no way. And then suddenly they come back and they beat the other person. Right. So that same pathway of success and failure, it's the same. It's you're on there. So it's rarely a straight line to success, which brings us to another point that even when we have these small successes, we need to celebrate them. And then focus less on, you know, making it all the way to the goal, mm. but some of the immediate progress that we're making. That that seems to be really important. It makes sense to stay motivated and little steps along the way mm-hmm. toward the goal. If we think about the progress we're making, then the setbacks, when they come along, we can feel like they were just a bump in a road and they didn't completely derail us. Yeah. So think about all the times when people had good ideas or they had a plan and they pitched it to hundreds of companies. But those who never gave up on their good idea eventually got noticed. I know you were telling me that uh, Einstein pitched- Thomas Edison. Oh, Thomas Edison, yeah. That, yeah, we always say he's, he failed to invent the light bulb 9,999 times. Wow. But he waited one more time, and on the 10,000th time, it worked. Well, there you go. There's motivation to keep going. Right. Well, that takes us back to our point. If God calls you to do something, or you know what to do to live in better health, for example, or you believe in something you think could be helpful, don't give up or give in to negativity or discomfort. Do it. Yeah, just keep pushing and then adjusting if you need to until you reach that goal. There is tenacity or perseverance involved in this when something is important. And actually, the Bible has a few things to say about perseverance and James, if you want to look that up. Um, You may have to go against the grain sometimes and, and really believe in what you're doing, but don't give up. This reminds me of the saying, change your no to 
Not yet. I know. I really like that saying. I do too. Just because you get a no, don't give up. God's plans and his timing are almost never ours. Hang in there while he works everything together for your good. And here's another tip to overcome setbacks. Focus on one small thing you can do just today. The idea there is to take control where you can. Do small things to accomplish the goal. So for example, if you can't stop stress, you can manage the moment that something feels stressful to you by going to prayer or just doing some calming down with breathing. If you're struggling to overcome a trigger to eat, maybe move to another room and make it more difficult in the moment that you can control. How important is it, do you think, to know that our setbacks don't define us as a person? Well, I think that's really essential that setbacks often build our character. They, mm-hmm. They're actually part of who we are as we move forward. You know, when we look in the Bible, Norm, Jesus predicted that Peter would have a setback. Yeah. He would deny him, and he did. Right. And then Jesus forgave him, but Jesus reminded him of his purpose. And Peter grew into his role as the leader of the church. He didn't let failure defeat him. But he did take responsibility for those three denials of Jesus. And mm-hmm. that is another part of the process of dealing with setbacks. We have to take responsibility if we didn't know something, or we made a mistake, or we ran out of time, or we gave in to fear like Peter did. Yeah, so focus on what you learned, again, from whatever it was that set you back. And in the process, you may have to forgive yourself and then ask God to forgive you like Peter did. So that's that responsibility piece that you're talking about. But deal with it in order to move forward. Reflect on what you did and then make a change. You know, research supports the idea that many people attribute failure to some internal causes while ignoring external ones. Hmm. So that's an interesting part of the part of looking at this. If you attribute setbacks to external things like spiritual forces or other things that life throws at you, you do better. Now that doesn't mean you ignore the impact of your personal choices or sin, but there is some understanding that there are things a lot of times working against us. And those of us who have faith mm-hmm. really do believe that there is spiritual warfare sometimes in the things that we're trying to accomplish for God. And so, again, just keep thinking about that and moving forward. This one may seem obvious, but I wonder how important it is to have other people around you to encourage you through the difficult times and setbacks. Oh, you and I know that you have to have support, right? Right. We went through seven years of infertility. And I really believe, Norm, that I would have given into serious depression had I not had my church friends, uh, you, uh, a lot of other people yeah, that supported us, and the Lord. Of course. To encourage me, I would not have handled the constant disappointment. Those were monthly setbacks mm-hmm. that I experienced mm-hmm. without friends who understood and encouraged me along the way. So support is absolutely essential. And why we as believers believe that the church is important. This right. is a community that you build to sustain you at times when you're going through difficulties. You need other people in that process. Those were difficult days, but thinking about them takes me back to the mindset that failure is really not an option, but learning from setbacks has to be the goal. You know, I like that because it is how it works in real life. We were never promised a life without difficulty. And think about Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> they were the part of the 12 spies. When they returned from the promised land, their report was very different than the other 10 spies assessment. They were terrified of the giants in the land. It seemed far too impossible a goal. In fact, the scripture tells us that their hearts melted and became as water. 
In other words, they lost all their courage. But, you know, Moses believed the two who reported that if God was with them and had promised them success, they should proceed. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Joshua and Caleb told Moses. And we know the story and we know how it ends. That's exactly what they did. Right. And our message is simple. When you experience a setback, have faith, believe in the goal, and then don't give in to fear or hopelessness. So we know that setbacks can cause a lot of disappointment, rejection, and even the loss of direction or control that people feel. And this is discouraging when it happens. But if we learn to lean into and trust God, those setbacks can deepen our faith. And when we overcome, we can share the victory with others around us. You know, Norma, I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 10.4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have weapons to fight with when we have setbacks. So don't get bitter. Don't lose heart. God has the big picture of your life in mind. God cares for every detail, and He is in control of all things but you may have to endure for a time. James 5.11 encourages us. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. James also reminds us to count it all joy, knowing the trying of your faith will bring you patience. So be patient and turn your setback into a comeback. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Doing life together. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.